welcome back to episode 16 of Spellstorm Miniatures. Uh, my name is Jeremiah, and with me I have a very special guest. Say hello to our fans. Hey everybody out there on the internet. Hey, I'm so excited to bring this episode to you. Um, I have been looking forward to this episode for a very long time, and I cannot wait to introduce Ben to you all. Uh, ben is on a mission, and I believe in his mission, and so I'm excited to share it with our listeners. Uh, Spellstorm Miniatures is a show about tabletop war games, including War Machine and Hordes by Privateer Press. And our goal here is simply just to inspire you to play more games. For those of you that want to pick up terrain or accessories or things like that, I want to encourage you to hop over to Hidden Forest Gaming. And if you use our discount code of SPELLSTORM10, you can receive 10% off your next purchase. And uh, Hidden Forest Gaming is a great place. That's, I actually use the terrain that they provide. So. I actually bought it at the Portland Game Store, um, yeah, because they were carrying it for a while. Uh, and that's what we use as well for half of our terrain. Uh, that's the, the kit I personally have. Um, nice. You know, everybody. There's always a conversation between 2D and 3D terrain, and 3D terrain is very great and thematic. But uh, when you get in tournaments, you just really need that yeah. that 2D for precision measurement. And Hidden yeah. Force does a great job. Yeah, it looks real good. Yeah. So. Um, we are going to do, we're going to backtrack a little bit and we're going to do some introductions um, because the thing that I am most interested in is I want to know just kind of who you are, kind of where you came from, and then what kind of what games you have played and kind of what your favorites are. And, and because you actually have a unique spot in, um, in War Machine and Hordes in the Portland area and I want to get there, but before we get there I want to find out more about you. So your name is Ben. Yes. And so, Ben, what kind of games have you played? What's your gaming history like? Uh, my gaming history was I grew up in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay. Um, and at that point in time, there wasn't really a, a whole lot of game stores in then. Um, when I went back to uh, the LVO, the Las Vegas Open um, this year in February, I was very happy to see that it changed. Nice. But um, when, I was, when I was there in the, in the early to mid-90s, um, it was really like there was a hobby town USA, uh, and then there was like one other place that I started going to that ended up closing down. So mm. there just mm. there wasn't a lot of uh, there wasn't a big tabletop community, or I didn't find that community okay. at that point in time. Um, but what, so what kind of games were out there? Like what were you doing? Uh, so I was uh, I was basically introduced first to kind of gaming by um, my cousin who, who lived in lives in Woodenville, Washington. Oh. Uh, and he was a big magic guy, starting from, you know, 10, 11 years old. Uh, and he kind of introduced me to that. Um, and then that kind of bled into um, Warhammer 40K and stuff like that. And uh, the first kind of miniature toys that I ended up getting and being interested in was uh, the third edition of uh, Warhammer 40K. And uh, I had Space Marines. Um, I think a lot of kids had Space Marines. Um, and I specifically, I had Blood Angels, and I remember... Um, nice. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's when I first started hobbying. I remember, uh, you know, painting them and learning how to do uh, inks and stuff like that and, and trying to do basing and, and decals and, and, and having a lot of fun. Um, you, having, having a lot of fun starting to learn the hobby. Um, I, didn't get, I didn't play a whole lot. Um, I got mm. to play a couple times, um, but it was mainly a hobby thing. And then... A couple other games spawned from just kind of being in stores and seeing what there was and that was like the fun stuff like do you remember seventh c the card game no, i never played the card game yeah but i'm familiar with the rpg yeah i think rpg the rpg still exists to the same but there was like there was seventh c there was do you remember the, the what about deadwood do you remember deadwood at all uh yes yes yeah yeah uh that was a lot of fun uh and then another a classic game uh that a lot of people don't remember from like around 1999 is you remember vor the maelstrom at all were, was that a card game? It wasn't a card game. It was a tabletop miniature the, game. Then no, I'm, okay. I'm thinking of something different. Well, it's really interesting. Um, and, and I remember I really liked Vor, but Vor wasn't around for a whole lot. And this was, you know, 1999. I was I was 12, 13. And if you want to go and Google those models, if just for if you're listening and you're interested, I really think that this game was the predecessor uh, spiritually to War Machine. And not in that huh. it was the same rules and stuff like that, but if you go look at those models, it had units and it had solos and it had um, it had like bigger beasts and stuff like that. And there's really some there's really some models that 
you, you could that could be in War Machine today. Because I remember I, I just huh. I just love that game. That's, yeah. Were were you on the same kind of lift base that War Machine uses? It was, or were they... it, was a, it was a thirty. It was like a thirty millimeter. There was like heavy medium yeah. infantry at like fifty at like forty. Then these beasts were on these fifty oh. millimeter. Uh, yeah, very bases, similar. And they almost, they looked just like they looked just like beasts. Huh. Just like heavies. Um, so that was kind of what I played um, from an air from you know a, 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 my formative years. Okay. And then that kind of went away uh, when I moved to when I kind of got into high school. Yeah. And uh, went into college. Um, I really stopped uh, tabletop gaming um, for quite a while. Hmm. You know, I think um, as I interview other gamers and just kind of get to know their stuff, there's like two things that you know that kind of slow a gamer down. One is when they think it's uncool, and so like when they hit certain stages in high school or certain stages in college and they get too busy, and that's another thing, and then also uh, when they have kids, suddenly they stop for a while, and then when the kids get older, they start playing again, so <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think your story is all that uncommon to other gamers, but... Oh, absolutely not, and I just wish, um, through, the, through the look of hindsight, I wish that I had been more involved or I had been a little bit older during that time because the, mm. the late 90s and early 2000s were just this explosion of different collectible card games yeah. and different miniature games uh, that really only maybe lasted you know six seven years but that was a really yeah. interesting time in how diverse the field was because up until now um, in the past you know four or five years it's been such a limited field of games uh, yeah. in terms of miniature options and card games and, and now we're kind of starting to see uh, with the help of Kickstarter and technology of 3D printing and stuff like that, and how easy and it's just cheaper to make this stuff. Yeah. And we're starting to see kind of an explosion of uh, miniature games and stuff, and that's very exciting. That's true, and it's been a lot of fun for me to dive down some of those roads personally. But uh, <laughs> yeah, because you're very involved in like Kickstarter and kind of seeing what's yeah. going on and stuff like that. Yeah, I am. It's to my life's chagrin. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> So how did you how how did you get involved in War Machine? Like what, what was there a direct leap? Was there uh, was a few was it a few small incremental steps that all of a sudden you woke up one day and realized oh I'm a War Machine player? Like <laughs> yeah, how, kind of the interesting thing is, is is how we all kind of find ourselves uh, into this game. Um, for me, it was it was pretty deliberate. Um, kind of when I got into college as many people do, I had a lot of free time and not a lot of money, so I started playing computer games. Okay. Um, playing online, playing, you know, the same games as everybody else. Um, but I started doing that quite a bit, and uh, I started really getting into first-person shooters and um, wanting to be competitive and getting on competitive teams and, and going through those motions and spending, you know, a considerable amount of time, you know, like 40 to 50 hours a week doing that. And um, I kind of kept doing that through my mid-20s. And, you know, the, the people who I was playing with got younger and I got older. And it just kind of came to a point in time where I, I realized that I wasn't having fun anymore. Mm. And those interactions I were, I were having weren't really positive. Yeah. And it was something that was... Uh, no, it was something that was negative for kind of my mental well-being of just putting all this time in and just getting all like just dealing with a lot of toxicity and stuff like that and having to be, to be dependent upon sixteen-year-olds for for decisions. So I, you know, I was like, I want to play a, I want to play a game, uh, I want to play a competitive game, and yeah. and I remember uh, from when I was younger, I used to play tabletop games, and I said, great, like. You know, I want to meet people. I want to meet new people. I want to. I want to have those social interactions. Um, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try a tabletop game, uh, and I really basically started looking online, of you know what tabletop games were available in in kind of wide circulation, mm -hmm. and it was here. It was basically really it was 40k at the point in time, and it was War Machine. Okay. Now, where, where are you living at this moment? Are you Sorry, I'm, this is this is Portland. So now you're from Portland. Okay. Yeah, I, I've been and... in Portland for the last um, 15 years. So yeah, so okay. this okay. was in Portland. And, and in Portland at that point in time, I really only knew about 40K mm -hmm. and I knew about War Machine. I really like your, your rubric. Like, you knew that one, you were looking for a competitive game. And that, but then two, you were looking for meaningful social interactions. And, and so I really like the road you're taking us down. So keep going. Yeah. So 
Um, basically, I got onto Reddit and, and I was kind of doing the pros and cons. And, and the, the, the thing that sold me on War Machine, which was a lie, is is a you're gonna you're gonna save more money than you play if you play War Machine 40k. <laughs> which, you know my wife listens to this podcast. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the second one was it's slightly more competitive than uh, Warhammer. And to which I agree, playing now. But that's those are the two things that mm. uh, wanted me to get into it. So after that, it was pretty quick. Uh, I figured out Portland Game Store was really close to where I was living at that point in time. Okay. And then uh, I saw the game night, went and watched a tournament. Um, Hans, uh, who owned, who's a co-owner of that store, was still around quite a bit at that point in time. I uh, talked to him. I got a battle box game. Nice. Bought a battle box. You know, played maybe five games, went to twenty five points. Um, mm-hmm. There was a there was a community member, um, and I'm blanking his name right now, and I feel really bad for that. But he doesn't play a lot right now. But he basically said, "Hey, what do you need?" He gave me a whole box of Signar, cool. um, and was just like, "Here, I don't care if what breaks. You know, just just play and learn, and just give me the, the models back when you can." So. Um, that was great because I was able to, basically, I went from 25 points, and I like kind of learned what a unit did, and I learned what a solo did, and I mm-hmm. kind of learned what Jackson and your Warcaster did, mm-hmm. and then someone told me, hey, just go to 75. So since I had the toys already for that that I was borrowing, I was able to just go to right. 75. So I was playing 75-point games um, probably within uh, three weeks so- of starting. So I have a, a good question to ask you before we get there. Just one detail. This is Mark Three that you started, or Mark Two? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not doing a very good job of no. That's okay. Prefacing myself. No, you're doing great. And I'll, um, I'll try to consider that more. Yes, this was. Uh, I started August of 2016. So this was okay. roughly three months, three after four months Mark after the launch of Mark Three. Okay. 3. Yeah. So that means also that that theme forces weren't very prevalent, and so you were able to. You were actually really able to pick and choose and put things on the table. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. In the early days of, of Mark III, I basically came on right after they mm-hmm. had uh, removed this. They had hit this the Sloan list that yeah. could fire into deployment. Uh, so that's right when I came in. And yes, okay. there was there was no themes. I don't think themes showed up for another uh, six eight months. Yeah, that's so it was really just really just be able to to just put whatever I wanted on the table and play it. So I want to b- highlight something that you said that, that I absolutely love, and that is you actually represent what, what everyone in the community wants. They want someone to show up on a game night, watch, get hooked, and start playing. And you actually did that. Yeah. <laughs> and so it can happen, you know? <laughs> it can happen, and I think um, that's one of the things about that this game is a social game. Um, and yeah. that's a big hang-up for some people because... You know, at that point in time, I remember um, kind of sitting there watching and being like, well, I'm bugging these guys, and mm, I'm just yeah. hovering, and like, these guys are busy, they don't want to talk to me. Um, and then, you know, going to a tournament, there was like a tournament that Sunday, and I went to the tournament. Um, Jeff Farnsworth was the was the, the guy that ran in the show at PGS at that point in time. So talking to, and meeting him, but it was just kind of like, I feel like I'm just kind of lurking. Yeah. Um, and you always have that social thing of, of meeting new people or that anxiousness of, you know, I, this is easier. This, it's easier not to do this. Yeah. It's easier to not go and try to learn this new game with people that I don't know. Right. And for me, um, what really helped me going forward and, and doing what I do now is getting comfortable with, with not knowing people and having introductions and having conversations and stuff like that. Because before before that, I had I was really not that social of a of a person, hmm. um, you know, I had my friends, everybody has your friends in your mid twenties, but I, you know, I would not go out of my way and seek new interactions with folks. And so yeah. that's one, um, takeaway I think long-term that I've had for this game is this game has really taught me how to, uh, not only have a conversation with people I don't know, but also how to manage conflict sometimes with that person as we're yeah. playing a game that's and, very true. and still keep yeah. it, um, in a realm of respectful, and being able to get to a point where we say, hey, let's let's pull back because you and I aren't starting to have fun. Yeah. You, um, so you came on um, right around the same time that I actually came on. 
um, I it was towards the end of that summer uh, when I ran into Ron at you know at a game store and he sold me on the battle box and you know and so I started playing too I don't think I played regularly right away yeah um, I it was real kind of hit and miss for me because it wasn't a rhythm that I was that I was regularly involved in and mm-hmm. you know and so um, and it was you know something extra that took me out of the house because back then none of my kids played either and things like that and so but you started playing kind of regularly yeah I, I, I um, at that point in my life uh, I had just the unique situation of I was a relationship a long-term relationship had just ended and I found myself kind of with an ocean of time and yeah. thankfully um, with War Machine and the new people that I met I had something to kind of fill that time and, and, and get me through uh, what was yeah. honestly kind of a, a difficult time for me so that's why I'm also thankful for this community is, is I had yeah. those is I had those folks to to kind of distract me from yeah. from some of those negative thoughts yeah well yeah, and, you, and you're probably down the road a few years in the, in the future now some of my closest friends are all War Machine players. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. so, um, so before we kind of dive into your role in the community, because now you've you've excelled, you've gone on and done bigger and greater things, I think. But um, w- uh, before we before we get there, um, what um, you did you did a great job articulating what you were looking for in a gaming experience, mm-hmm. and and War Machine. Uh, meets checks all the boxes for you. Um, what, what was the? If you can look back at your at your early gaming history, what were some of the things that that like you learned then that you apply now? You know what I mean. Um, I'm thinking about because um, some of my some of our listeners don't play War Machine, and some of our listeners um, strictly play board games or they play other miniature games and things like that. But but there's there's a lot of cross pollination between gamers. And there's a lot of things that you can learn from one game or one experience you could apply, you know, to a new one. And I'm just wondering if it was anything that stuck out to you. That is an interesting question. I'm, wow, I'm trying to think on the fly here with that one. Um, I'm known for hitting hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> CNN is going to be calling me anytime. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bump this one back to you and ask you okay. that question first. Is there yeah. anything that, is there any advice that you have? Yeah, um, so I played HeroClix for years, and um, and the the trouble with HeroClix was you all the boosters were blind, and and it really was a pay to play kind of system. Like mm-hmm. to to get the really good things, you either got lucky and pulled them, or you bought them singly on eBay or or whatever, you know. And and it was it was really hard to. Um, as a parent, because my oldest son played with me, and it was really hard for us, you know, um, to you know to want to want to play the game and to be successful, and then we started looking at these at these little miniatures and and really like coveting them, you know, like oh I really need that and that's going to make me a good player kind of thing, and so now flash forward into War Machine and and now my youngest who's twelve Oz he plays War Machine, he doesn't covet models he actually talks about interactions and he's like i really want to see this on the table and like and so so my biggest takeaway i think after after kind of creating this environment of want for my oldest son i've done a better job of creating an environment of you know of a different kind of want i suppose with oz and so that's Mm -hmm. that's that's my biggest takeaway i think i i i really because because when, because with War Machine, you get to build your own models, and you get to paint them, and then you get to put them on a table. And Oz has so much pride in his Sea King that he built. Like he, it's a good-looking Sea King, and he did a great job putting it together, and with the basing and all that stuff that he did. And um, and he can't wait to put it on the table. And I really like that. And so that's just my perspective as a parent. But as a player, um, um, I don't. Um, I can see the value of having certain tools on a list, which is different than wanting a certain model. Yeah. Kind of thing. You know what I mean? Okay, I got you. Um, I think I have an example, and I think that is from my early 
days of playing 40k uh, when I wasn't really paying playing a whole lot it was yeah. mostly I was starting to do painting and hobbying yeah it was just it would be that um, learning how to stick with something um, mm. stick with something that maybe you feel that you initially aren't starting from a very strong place or you feel that you're not very good at something uh, and that was definitely me with painting um, my first couple of units of Space Marines yeah. is I absolutely knew uh, that what I, I was not happy with what I was painting or, or the quality of which I was I was painting I should say my painting quality um, and it was just going it was just consistently going out and you know in the garage in my family in my you know the house I grew up in and just spending the time and 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 learning how to get better yeah. and starting to see the improvement um, and and I think that everybody feels that way especially uh, when it comes to painting is you look at you know your your first models and you look at kind of where you are now yeah and, and just the the skills that you learn from just sticking to something and I think that can be applied especially to war machine because yeah. these games can be very frustrating uh, when you're new and when you feel that you aren't uh, you aren't achieving the results or you aren't yeah. playing the way that you want to play um, you just have to stick with it you just can't yeah. yourself you can't you can of course you can be frustrated and you can feel that way but you can't let those feelings stop you from just going back in the garage and, and, and doing it. Yeah, I love it. That's huge. I have exclamation points on my notes here that I'm typing, by the way. So that's that's a huge takeaway. Learning to stick with something. That's, yeah. that's great. So uh, let's let's flash forward to today and let's talk about kind of your role in the community. Um, I know you don't really have a title, but how would you describe what you get to do? for War Machine players in the Portland area? Um, I do not have a title. Uh, I would describe myself um, probably as an event organizer. Okay. Um, and what I get to do for uh, members in this community is they have been gracious enough to largely join our Discord, mm -hmm. uh, which is a big communication tool that, that we're really trying to get on a regional level, you know, get Seattle folks, get some uh, more Northern California folks and just kind of grow it. But I administer that and uh, I try to present event information and, and keep members engaged um, in a community through that communication device, yeah. which has been very, uh, very helpful. Yeah. I also am a, I run the events right now for a Portland game store for War Machine. Uh, and that involves being able to put on a monthly tournament for everybody. Yeah. Um, we're looking into running bigger, bigger stuff for everybody. Uh, I've done that in the past, but uh, I really get to get people excited about the game and try to present interesting and unique events that are run well and are judged well for people so that they yeah. can know when they're going to go to something here, they're going to go to a well-run event that's going to be consistently ruled and they'll know what to expect on the team. Yeah. And that's really, that's kind of the, the development of, of your mission. Like, that's your mission right there, isn't it? You want to have, you want to have a good, healthy community with well-run events and that people enjoy going to and consistency and engagement. And I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit on that, but, um, but that's kind of, kind of what you're on, right? And it's for the love of the game, essentially. Yeah, I don't quite know when it turned um, into a mission. Uh, I turned it into a mission. <laughs> that's my words. I'll accept that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is that. That is our intention. And it's not just me. I wouldn't be able to do this without a couple other very important people. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, you and Spillstorm Miniatures are starting to do events, and that's great. And we're happy to have you. But the people that are there every day um, helping me make sure that we can do this for the community is uh, James Case. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if he's been on here yet, but not yet, not yet. But he's he's kind of my my he's my co-partner. Um, mm -hmm. Without him, the, some of the larger events wouldn't have been able to happen. He's there putting in as much time, if not more, than I am. Yeah. So I'm very appreciative of James. Um, he's just a stellar guy, and he's just such a positive influence on this community. Yeah. Um, that I'm so appreciative of him. And of course, the second person uh, kind of in the shadows sometimes currently is uh, Danny Modesto, yeah. who kind of has the legacy aspect of, of, COG, of COG Collective and kind of this community. 
um, and has been responsible for a lot of the great stuff in the past and is uh, does a lot of administrative stuff that folks don't see, but you know, okay. the web, the, like the website and stuff, he does all that. It's technically his Discord, so he does a he 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 does a lot of uh, administrative stuff that I've mentioned, and he's really kind of the backbone of he's there. He's had that experience um, when James and I are have an issue or are trying to run off ideas. He's just the ultimate person to go and get that get that advice from. Nice. It's nice to have a, a team of people around you who share the same vision. Yes, and the and the and the great thing or the interesting thing about it is it, this wasn't something that was built. Um, it was just I saw a vacuum mm -hmm. um, of events. Jeff Farnsworth uh, was kind of getting out of the game mm -hmm. uh, and offered you know offered to let, offered me to if I wanted to run events at PGS um, about you know, two and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and just since then, just continually running events and trying to be uh, positive and get people out and get people excited about the game. Kind of yeah. all these things with James has fallen into place. Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a mission now and we've got a goal, but it definitely started out as just kind of, we don't yeah. know what we're doing. Yeah. I'm just going to do this. And um, it's trial been, by error. Trial, mm -hmm. trial yeah. by error, and it's been a it's been a very good learning experience for me personally. Yeah, you know, I can um, I can I can totally relate to that. Um, I mentioned my my HeroClix career. Um, when I moved out to the West Side, there wasn't any HeroClix events, and uh, and so I started a, a community out here, and I ran it for two years um, before moving on, and. Uh, one of the things that was interesting for me was during, there was a season where, let's see, I don't remember exactly when, but, but one of the other locations on the east side that was having a hard time maintaining a healthy community, like all of the leaders of those, the, the event organizers kind of got together and talked about how we're going to handle this in, in the Heroclix larger community, right? One of the things that, that we had the disadvantage of was, was we didn't have a, a strong communication tool like Discord and we didn't have a website like the COG Collective Forums and things like that. And so I feel like you are way ahead of the game in, in that area. And as a player who has benefited from being a part of the community, um, I want to say thank you to you and James and, and Danny because you guys do a great job. And um, I, you know, Spells for Miniatures is just, we're along for the ride. I, I I appreciate the opportunity to tell the story that you guys are you guys are doing the work. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You guys are a terrific help, and it's just it's just great talking with you every time I see you. Cool. Thanks. So let me ask you a question. How would you describe the Portland meta? Like, how would you describe our area? You know, stretching down to maybe Eugene, Salem, and up to Vancouver, and and what kind of players are we? And, and what can we do to, to either grow in the sense of numbers or grow in the sense of just getting better as a community and supporting one another? What, what, what would you think? I mean, that's like, that's like a threefold question, but yes. yeah, take it as you, at your speed. I have been a member of this community for about three years, and here's a bunch of caveats. Uh, I appreciate everybody, yeah. and I like this community, but I'll kind of tell you uh, some things that I've seen. Yeah. Um, starting from... The beginning of Mark Three, I kind of came in four to five months after that, and there was a attendance was pretty low. Um, yeah, folks were kind of unpleased overall with the game and how flat Mark Three had came out. So that there was a, there was a lull there. The other problem is is there was a very big fish, uh, a very big a very good player in this community that kind of just steamrolled. Um, tournaments for about two to three years mm -hmm. and while how do I preface this while while, while being competitive is important and um, going out you should absolutely go out and win the events that you want to win but uh, when you reach that level um, that this person was at where it, they just they were walking away with it mm -hmm. um, it starts to damage uh, it starts to damage events because it it people don't want to go Basically, it'll it'll start to drive down attendance if they go, if I whether I go or not it doesn't matter. This person is gonna win nine times out of ten. Yeah. 
and and in a weird event, in a sort of in a weird turn of events, is is there were several of those players that are that good um, on this West Coast. Mm-hmm. The difference is 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 that those folks go and compete nationally. Right. Those folks uh, get on podcasts and get talked about. Um, those folks uh, will absolutely show up and play new players and just let new players beat them. Um, outside of outside of you know events and casual games, they'll just let right. like they'll, they'll they'll offer that burning that that uh, pl- that building block, and with this unique fish, uh, they did not they did not have any interest in going and competing nationally, hmm. um, and they didn't really get on any podcasts. And and why I say that is important if if you become that good of a player to the fact that you know the comp- there's not really a lot of competition around you is for you to build back up your community then what you need to do is you need to start playing nationally mm-hmm. and you need to get on podcasts and you need to have you don't need to put out content necessarily but you need to have your opinions about the game yeah. so that people can learn because what that does is that brings an interest about you and that brings people from the outside saying mm-hmm. oh that's where that player is from i want to go to those game stores and see what they're doing yeah actually yeah. and that is a bit and that can be a big deal um Danny Modesto, when he was at that level, uh, there was there was kind of an influx during Mark II of interest because you know people wanted to go play at Danny's store because people talked about him on the national circuit and stuff like that. So, hmm. so so starting from there, there was that that big fish that didn't want to that didn't want to play in the nationals and didn't get that national. So they kind of hurt uh, event attendance, uh, and then Mark III kind of bummed some people out. So we started with a big lull um, in attendance. Mm-hmm. And what really started to turn around is um, running events at Portland Game Store that were consistently 75-point steamrollers um, yeah. really helped. Because before then, um, the, person running the, the person running those events was more interested in casual events, mm-hmm. like doing mangled metal and doing like... Uh, Buying tickets, buying dice, you know, buying rerolls and stuff like that for oh yeah donation tickets it, and stuff it, like that. I've, I've seen that for like you know uh, fundraisers and yeah. things like that. Yes, and that's um, those are very common types ty- types of events. Yeah, but he wanted to run those more often than he wanted to run um, monthly steamrollers. Oh, that's different. Yeah, they were they were yeah. largely casual events that weren't getting great attendance. So the first thing, kind of the first uptick we saw was when we started running regular. Uh, steamrollers and that started getting people back in um rune and board uh we owe a lot to uh was probably the next big thing for the community rune mm-hmm. and board opening up because it opened up a store for the west side guys and as james kind of you guys have all noticed um the amount of people that were kind of just playing in, in apartment complex, you know, uh, yeah. bonus rooms and garages and stuff like that. My dining room table. Yeah, there was there, yeah. Was, a, there was a lot of folks out here on the west side that did not want to make the trek in or just or just weren't aware of the community. So ruin and board opening up was a very big deal and brought a lot of new west side guy players in. And the funny thing is right now is the Portland meta right now is the ruin and board is it. Um, Rudin board has that hot is a hotbed of newer players who are excited about the game. Hmm. James is putting out events. You've got um, mm-hmm. older guys who've been playing forever who will go play, and those are great guys. And they'll sit with new players and they'll show them oh, the yeah. ropes. Uh, I got to give a shout out to JC. Uh, he did he did the, he did the same thing with me. And if you if you're yeah. a new player and you see JC at Rudin board, you make sure you play a game with him because absolutely he's a great experience. He'll tell you exactly what you need to do and how you need to develop. Um, yeah. And he was, he's just a great resource. So there's just guys over here on the West side that, that do that. Yeah. So that's the West side is really going on right now. Portland game store. The East side is a little underwhelming right now. We just had a lot of folks move. A lot of people from my personal friend group yeah. kind of moved. Um, even some newer East side guys that we just met like uh, Hans and a guy named Ben are like oh great there's a rune and board I'm like yeah but that's you know that's far away and they go well I'm I'm moving out there next I'm moving out there next week so that's great yeah wow <laughs> so so the meta is definitely shifted to the west side and and I think a lot of that has to do with um, not to get into a, a like a another uh, cultural issue or a political issue but just kind of where young people or people mm. who um, sorry younger younger folks. Or people who are interested in this game seem to kind of be able to what's affordable for them to live 
yeah. is is over here on the west side now. Hmm. So you see you see, you see a lot of younger folks yeah. ending up here on ending up here on the west side. So that's that's also hurt the east side a little bit as as rents and stuff have gone up. Um, as far as uh, Salem, Salem has always been um, very solid. Uh, there was a there was a there was a community hub there that kind of went away, but they've got next level gaming now. Yeah, um, I played there. You, yeah, we, you yep. played there. Uh, there's got you know there's guys who've been playing there for a long time like Greg Hunter and Aaron Allen, and Aaron Allen is one of those guys that's now on the national circuit and people are yeah. talking about, and he's doing a great job of recognizing that he is the chance to you know he's kind of a he's kind of a bigger name right now. Yeah. For for the circles that that matters, but he understands that that he can do something with that, and that has led to him running those steamroller events. Um, mm hmm at Next Level Gaming down in Salem. And I'm very happy that Aaron does that. Aaron's a guy that I travel with, um, go to go to cons with. So I'm really I'm really happy that he's uh, he's helping us out in a way in Salem and stepping up. Yeah. And he's and, and there's just a bunch of great guys who are excited yeah. about the game. There were a handful of Salem guys that came up for the PDX Open. And yes. I had I played some some great competitors from there and I was like, wow. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always have to give a shout out to um, my Olympia folks, my Vancouver folks, and my Salem folks because they'll yeah. they travel. Yeah, yeah. They travel and that's great. And that's how we get seats. Yeah. You know, that's how you get people there is we get, is you got is you gotta travel sometimes and those guys are great about it. Unfortunately, traveling a little bit of south, um, I think the Eugene folks have kind of faded in and out. Um, the last time I talked to Alex, who was a scorn player uh, down there, is they're all kind of they're all kind of get distracted by judgment right now. Yeah, and Alex has a podcast about it. Yeah. And by the way, Alex, if you're listening, it's an excellent podcast. Just the wrong game. Yeah. No. <laughs> Just the wrong game. We we miss you. We miss you guys. Uh, please come back. Yeah. But enjoy Judgment. I'm sure it's a great game. The models are gorgeous, and they look fun to paint. Yeah. That's that's the first thing that attracted me to that game. But. So that's a fifteen minute rundown of the meta, and I would say yeah. where we are at right now is with the inclusion of the West Side and Discord and kind of doing some advertising which we weren't really doing before. Uh, we're growing up on a positive trend. Nice. Um, and the other side of this community is there's a very large casual side of this community that sometimes feels maybe displaced that we just run steamrollers. Mm. Um, I've, I've heard that sometimes. And if I could try to kind of address that here is, is that the intention of running our steamroller events is not that we're just interested in, you know, in the 75 points, you have to play objective, you have to do these certain things. Like I don't, we don't want to put what you want to do in a box, but just from a terms of accessibility standpoint, the steamroller is really the 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 war machine event right now. There yeah. are some other things out there like who's the boss and caster draft. Um, we tried to do a uh, a single caster event last year, and those events um, just aren't that well attended, and that's mm. unfortunate because when I run an event, I want it to be well attended. Yeah. If the casual events that I did run. Uh, once or twice a year were more well attended there would be more of them yeah so it's not that I have anything or the, the organizers have anything against casual events it's just that steamrollers are really our bed and our, our bread and butter and we haven't been given from PP or de either developed ourselves a meaningful alternative to that yeah that really gets people in the door yeah and I, and I think okay so we, we play a miniatures game and part of it is hobby is a very important part of, of playing a miniatures game. And, and I think there will always be a casual feel if that's what you really want. You can, I think it, okay, what am I trying to say? I think it's easier to get casual. It's more difficult to get consistent. And, and I think by having the monthly steamrollers, you're, 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 you want accessibility and you want consistency. This is what you just said. Yeah. And, um, but like the weekly games that take place in the local stores, we have game nights four nights a week in the Portland area. And if you want to count Salem, that's five days a week we have games. I'm sure you can get a casual game in any one of those if you just show up. 
And then, and then of course, like you said, also we have a bunch of people who play in there on the dining room table, you know? And so I, I, I really, I, I know that that's a delicate spot and I know that you re, you received some criticism for that, but I, I think the path you're on is right. Um, it's having the, that monthly SR, the monthly steamroller, that's, that's the, that's the benchmark. That's the place we want to get players to be and, you know, playing on the clock and things like that. And, and I don't think you should, I think you want to maintain the positive vibe and encourage people to get there. That's, that's where I'm at. So. Yeah. And there's things that I've said earlier, perhaps that people disagree with, but my fundamental understanding of, of War Machine is, is that unlike some other miniature games, it is by definition a, a competitive game. And so it's best served. Yeah. It's, it's, it's best served in competitive events because that yeah. is really how the game is balanced. Um, in my opinion, some people may think that's wrong, but I definitely view this game as, as a competitive game. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have a couple of more questions for you. Um, and one of my questions is, has to do with um, just what would you like to see more of and, and what can the average player like me do to help our area um, you know, grow and be better? Okay. My list of demands from the players. No. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so there's there's two. There's the community as aspect of going to game nights, and then there's also we can talk about yeah. uh, tournament etiquette. Okay, I like that. Keep going. So, for your average game nights, just show up and play. Um, don't be afraid of getting games in with new people. Be open, yeah. be open and happy and excited to see folks. As, as just so much of the community is, um, just just show up, just show up and play and have a good time. And life can get pretty hectic and busy, but when you see you know ten, fifteen guys in a store, yeah, it's just a good, it's just a good feeling of of hey, this community is, this game's going on, these things are happening, and then other people see that like we're all like what is what is that room full of people doing? Oh, that's yeah. War Machine. Oh, that's, that looks interesting. I want to yeah. try that. So it just, looks like they're having fun. Yeah, just yeah. getting a lot of people to game nights shows other shows outside people that might be potentially interested in the game that, wow, there's a decent-sized community for this, so I, I can get games mm. and stuff like that. Uh, that's that's it for that. The only other thing for maybe showing up for casual nights is we have players that are on different stages of progress on this game. Right. Uh, and they're trying to learn, and they're trying to do different things. Please... Um, this is my, my, I beg you, my beg my, the community members, please be willing to engage those people where they're at. Do battle box games. I know that you have your lists or you have the casual stuff or the things that you're interested in wanting to doing, but if you see someone, you know, asking for, I need a battle box game. I need someone to show me this game. I, you know, I'm only comfortable with doing 25 points. I'm only comfortable with doing uh, 50 points. Yeah. Of course, our path is we want to get people kind of to that steamroller. It's just seventy-five. It's just it's just what you know ninety percent of people play um, by and large in this game. So, but but while they're on that path, be willing to get those games in with them. Be willing to do a battle box game, uh, yeah. throw together a fifty-point fifty-point game. It doesn't matter if it's good or not. Just have just have fifty points of models on the table. Yeah. So that person that person can help learn, and this community um, is always very positive when it comes to, to meeting those people, but I encourage us to even kind of step outside of ourselves and be proactive in making sure that those new players uh, get a game because yeah. as a community uh, organizer, when I'm, when I'm in a 75 point game and I've got like two hours to go and I see a new guy kind of show up and sit there for two hours trying to get like a 50 point game or a 25 yeah. point game and they go out the door, I usually have to follow them out the door and I say, hey, I'm really sorry. And yeah. you didn't get a game because nobody wants to sit and not get a game and waste their evening. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely agree with you 100% on that. And then my second bit of advice uh, for my, my, second, my second demand from Steamroller players is basically, if you can, uh, please be early. You don't have to be super early. Everybody unloads and unpacks and gets ready um, in their own amount of time. But show up with the amount of time that is appropriate for you to get your to get your list turned in and get your models on the table and get yourself ready. Yeah. Um, 
commutes happen, traffic happens. I'm always willing to accommodate uh, folks when they show up late, but if you can, please try to avoid to be late. I'm never gonna give somebody a hard time for being late, but at a certain point in time, we gotta get going. Yeah. Um, and then the second, the second thing for players is, often steamrollers are a lot of time. They can take a lot of time if, if we're slow. So as, a, as an organizer, I want to have you having the most time having fun and playing the game. I don't want you to wait 15, 20 minutes in between rounds. St waiting, basically. Yeah. So because I don't want you to wait, um, I ask you to help, to help me a little bit. And I often explain this when I'm there. But if you're, if you're come to a tournament, just be aware of, you know, if you're the last, if you're the last table that finished, you guys kind of have to move a little bit so mm -hmm. I can get things turned around. So I'm sorry. But we got to get people going and just understand that I might I might ask you to move a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, and then once you finish your game, um, I know it's very exciting to talk about what happened with your opponent and stuff like that. But you can do that in such a way that you can get me your you can report and get your table re and get your table turned around and still have those conversations that you want. But doing way so doing it in such a manner that it's just quicker for us to turn around. Yeah. So that's it. And and I, obviously my second my third demand. Is, is that you have fun, or if you're not having fun, pretend you're having fun. Ooh, I like that. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. I like that. Hey, um, I think our conversation today just met and exceeded my expectations. Thank you. And, That's great. And so I, I really appreciate the things that you shared. It was really awesome to get to know you. Uh, you have a, a great presence on the Discord, and so now if anybody who also listens to my podcast um, is on the Discord. Now they have you know a better understanding of who you are. Um, I want to wrap things up. I just want to do some uh, some housekeeping things. And so, before we do that, though, I just want to ask, uh, what is on your hobby desk? I have some scorn. I haven't still put together. I have a second unit of Ferox, okay. the, the cat cavalry, yeah. that are in pieces that have been in pieces for a month. Okay. Hey, I need to. I need to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. How about yourself? Oh, um, I have my uh, my kaiju list that's still um, in pieces. Mm -hmm. So, and I also have some gray lord uh, outriders that are in pieces that are staring at me on my on my bookshelf. So, uh, I don't know why I haven't finished them, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so those those are what I'm working on. But. Sure. Um, and then uh, we have some upcoming events. We have lock and load. Are you going? Yes, I'm going. I'm going to be very excited Excellent. to see all the friends and stuff that we've made yeah. over these past two years there. Um, cool. From you know, from 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 all over, honestly. I've talked to a few players in our area who will be going, and this will be their first time going. So uh, this is my first time going, and Oz's first time going. But but Jason uh, from uh, Laksamana, well, I can't remember his last name. Um, but he, uh, he's going and some of his mates are going and they're first timers. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. I think so. there's going to be a whole bunch of, there's going to be a big band of West side first timers that are going to be there. Yeah. And, and that's great. Uh, that's going to be a really easy introduction into yeah. kind of what cons are and stuff like that and yeah. how much fun they are. And just the meet, meeting friends from, you know, across the U S and getting to know these people. And it yeah. just makes, it just, it snowballs on itself because, it makes the next con more fun because you run yeah. into those same people. It makes traveling easier because, oh, like now I know people in San Diego. Well, you know, when I go to a con in San Diego, I can hang out with those people. I can yeah. say, where should we go eat? Like, what's cool here? So yeah. you just it just meeting and making that network of friends just makes makes cons so much more fun. Cool. We also have NorCal Classic um, that's coming up in August. Are you going to that? Yes, this is a pretty big deal. Um, this is, I think, the first time this event has happened. Okay. Um, it's being um, organized by uh, Alex Cosma, who's a great NorCal player, wonderful yeah. guy. Um, so it's a great event to come and check out. It's really not that far away. Um, it's kind of by San Jose, in between like San Jose and uh, San, and San Francisco. Okay. So that's going to be great uh, if you kind of want to see some really some some of the best players on the west coast uh they're going to be there the the wtc the wtc team from the west coast is going to be there and they're going to play nice and hopefully my team will get a you know give them give them the what for so hey oh uh, there's going to be that's just going to be a great one that's the first time so we need to make sure that we get a good attendance so those folks want to do that again cool um are you uh do you have any other things that you're doing personally because i know you travel 
way more than I do. Yeah, I did. I'm trying to hit the con season. This is my first time trying to hit the national okay. circuit. Um, and I've hit a couple events so far. Yeah. I'm going to try to do maybe two to three more. I'm thinking about doing Gen Con. Oh, maybe great. trying to get into a War Machine weekend. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of joining Aaron and trying to get on that national stage uh, and, and kind of learn that next level of the game. Cool. That's great. And I just want to remind all of our listeners in the Portland area that there are um, four nights a week that you can play games. And so... Uh, our vision here is for is to encourage you to get out and, and play more. And so hopefully this conversation um, encourage you to do that as well. Um, I also want to ask my listeners just a quick um, favor, I suppose. Uh, the currency for uh, podcast recognition is, is positive uh, feedback. And so if, uh, if you listen to our show and you, and you like um, Kind of, kind of like our vibe, and you want to support us, um, go out there and give us a, a positive review. You can do so on Podbean, you can do so on iTunes and things like that, and uh, that would go a long way uh, just for for us and for getting more listeners. But thank you, Ben, so much for being here today, and uh, and I hope um, that everyone is encouraged to play more games. Thank you.